Hey guys, Matt here. I uh, just wanted to put a disclaimer here at the top of the podcast. Uh, first off, we recorded this podcast a couple weeks ago before the social distancing restrictions uh, got ramped up. Uh, so we wanted to put that out there. And second of all, uh, we do discuss... Uh, this is like the most serious podcast we've ever done. And we do talk about uh, sexual assault. So if you are triggered by that, we would recommend that maybe you don't listen to this interview. Um, you know, we're not healthcare professionals uh, or, you know, counselors or anything. So uh, we handle this conversation with care, but I wanted to make sure to put something at the top here just to uh, let everybody know we dive into some very serious topics in this. And I know sometimes those topics can be triggering for some people. So we wanted to make sure we put that out at the top. Um, thank you guys, as always, for your support and for listening, and we hope you enjoy the episode. Hi, and welcome back to the, another exciting episode of the Dollar Menu Mid-Carters. Back from break. Back from break and interview series. We don't really have a, uh, it's, not, it's just a podcast, and not an interview series. Well, that's what things are going to become. We stop. hope, if we can get yeah. people to... Well, we also have to get two people. Right, that's our fault. All right, stop laughing, serious times. Well... I, I laugh to hide the pain. We are recording this, uh, what, 20 minutes after having, have, being forced to announce that our uh, March 28th event has been canceled. Yep. Um, that really sucks. So mm-hmm. there are times that I am not present. It's because in live time of doing this, because there's only so much time we have to record these things, I am also responding to emails, giving out refunds at those to those who have requested refunds. Um, and to you that have requested refunds, thanks for trying to put us out of business. <laughs> yeah. Fucking you, appreciate you it, You are man. not entitled to your money. You bastards. Um, Hello, if Peter. for some reason, because this will come out fairly soon. No, the show would have been over already, so yeah. never mind. If you didn't get your money back, fuck you. <laughs> Got but you. if you wanted a refund and didn't know how to contact us and somehow are listening to the podcast, uh, you can hit me up. At Heel Money Jovi. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> All right, well, today uh, the interview series takes a turn as we interview one Sean Orleans, basketball fan and wrestling fan. Hello, Sean. Hi. Christ, we're off and running. Um, so I guess you want to, this is going to be a serious interview, actually. Yeah. We do a lot of lighthearted stuff on here, but we also aren't going to, like, it's going to be serious, but we're still going to have fun. Yeah. So We're not going to rage as much as we do online. We are going to start with the serious stuff, but this will get a little more lighthearted towards the end. So let's go ahead and start with, I guess, Sean, I hate asking, like, how'd you get involved in wrestling in, so, in St. Louis? But I guess we need to start there. You want to start there? We yeah. have okay. to. Yeah, we kind of have to start right. there. We'll start there. Let's start there. Sean, how'd you get involved in wrestling in St. Louis? See how easy that was to ask? Oh, I'm out of it, man. Uh, yeah, so I woke up one day in my mid-30s and had always wanted to try wrestling and never, never had a place to try it back home in New Orleans, and so just thought I want to try it before I, you know, have a family and decide I can't do it. Right. Mm -hmm. So, went online, tried to find some places, found a place in Soulard, like, give it a, like, name. Yeah, I don't give a shit. So, reached out to South Broadway... Tony? Not Tony. Uh, Brandon <laughs> Espinoza and 
went down and started training for a little while and eventually got to wrestle at Broadway and did that for a couple of years. And then I left slash got fired because of some things that I had started to call out about the business practices there. And then that's, I started to meet you guys around Want to dive time. into that or no? You can dive into it. Sure. Why not? Uh, I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> I, I sorted to figure out the, uh, Guy running the promotion, Tony well, Costa. guy running the promotion, Tony Costa, had started to tell people, you know, we might have to close the building, the, bu the building might have to be shut down because we, we don't have money. And I started to feel bad. So I was in a position to where I could look into the money or get a peek at it. Mm -hmm. And I discovered, wait a minute, the wrestling is pulling in a lot of money every month. How is the building in trouble? How is the club in trouble? And I just kind of found out that he was getting all of that money because the club somehow agreed to give him all that money all the time and never asked him for it. Uh, they had the, the club, when this was going on, the club had the license for wrestling. And, uh, yeah, this was like thousands of dollars a month so going straight to the, this guy. The club had the license for wrestling. You're saying they didn't have to pay for the Missouri licensing and the things of that nature? Right, like the, to my knowledge, the club was paying for. Okay, well, we're not going to make each of the wrestlers right, still right. had to license themselves. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Each of the wrestlers still had to license themselves and everything like that. Well, we're not going to make this a Barry and South Broadway no. podcast, but mm -hmm. uh, so during your time there training, that's when you met Connor, I guess. And yeah, I Austin met Connor. Blackburn met and... Connor a couple months after I started. Like he showed up uh, within the year after I started. Mm -hmm. And so you started before Connor. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. And Austin? Or was Austin and then Austin. Or no, no, no. Austin was after that. And then uh, Deacon Cash was after that. Uh, KLD was after that. Um, other guys were after that. Yeah. And then eventually uh, Evan showed up looking for a place to like train and bump around. And so we got to know Evan. And then eventually Evan brought Gary around. And then eventually the two of them brought you. I never stepped foot in that train. I could have swore you stepped in there one time. I might have. The first time I remember, I don't remember the first time I met you. I think it was, we'll get that. I remember the first time I met Connor. I don't remember the first time I met Austin. The first time I met Connor, I was shit-faced drunk. Um, I remember Myself that. and Evan worked PWCS, so we ride together to that. Mm -hmm. You had Broadway that same night. Yep. So you're like, oh, you'll have to come with me to Broadway. Mm -hmm. I was fine with it. Um, I spent my entire payday on dollar beers yeah. at South Broadway or dollar twenty five beers. Mm -hmm. So I drank like five hundred beers. That's my rate. Yeah. So I clearly. spent my whole five hundred dollar payday drinking beers. But I didn't come in the locker room because I've never really been welcome at Broadway. Um, but at some point, you had told me to watch Connor's match, and I think he wrestled Ace Hawkins. Hell of a talent. Um, and you had told me to watch that, so I did. And I think by then I was just like shit house drunk. Oh, yeah. And I can't remember if you told me to come back or maybe I just went backstage. I don't really remember. I don't think even that drunk I would have just went back. There. I probably told you to so come I back. So I think you did. And then I just remember giving Connor like 
and never like introduced myself like to who I was <laughs> or like why I would be giving him advice or like what I did or anything. I just came up like, hey, master's pretty good. I would have did this, 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 and this. Like, nice to meet you. And then we left. Right. And that was the first time I had met him. Because I was actually drunk. Very from... professional way. Absolutely. Because <laughs> I was actually drunk at PWCS because I didn't take that show seriously. No, come on. Because <laughs> I don't respect Greg at all, apparently. Uh,. Yeah, no, that's that's right. That's what how that that happened, and we could, I could do that back to back because PWS generally started on time. Broadway probably started at eight or nine, if we were lucky. Mm-hmm. So there you go. That's the first time. So first time we meet is when I remember watching a Wrestle Kingdom that at your was, house. Is that the first time? Yeah, Evans' mm-hmm. apartment out in like Chesterfield. That was your apartment. No, it was no, his it was apartment. Mine. Oh, so yeah, because we went man. to. Because it was the first time I ever got to actually hang out with any of you guys for more than maybe, I don't know, an hour. And we went to Taco Bell beforehand and then went to Evan's apartment and just watched Wrestle Kingdom 9. And that Mm -hmm. was the night before I started uh, a new job. So I was just kind of like, had like nervous energy. and So you were like you are now? No, not as much as right now, but thank you. So from wrestling, you're gonna hear the dogs barking a bit because they're locked up. Yeah, well, one of them in a cage as we record this, or just the living room. Yeah, or the kitchen. kitchen. In the kitchen. Gate in the kitchen. Yeah. So wrestling, what? Where did the love of wrestling come from? That that you were like, you know what? I want to throw my body on the ground for fun at my elder age. When did you decide? That you liked wrestling enough to do that. I think you kind of covered that. I mean, probably like... <laughs> no, I mean like, why? <laughs> well, why? I, I I don't know. Like 13, 14, I guess. Uh, I just thought, oh, that's really awesome. Like, I just liked... I just liked wrestling. I don't know. And then, you know, 18, 19, when I'm in college, and the Attitude Era and Nitro and all that is like really in high gear, I was like, shit, I, I would just really like to try it. Like, the theater kid in me really loved wrestling. Mm-hmm. And I knew it was athletic. I said, okay, I'm, I'm willing to do that. And then couldn't find anywhere in Louisiana that was doing it. Closest place was out in Texas, and they were going to charge several thousand dollars for it. And there's mm-hmm. no way in hell my parents were going to allow that to ever happen. So Fair. that's one of those things that just went on the back burner. Theater kid, what did you, uh, were you props or did you actually perform? Acted. Okay. Yeah, the drum. I would have seen. <laughs> Um, stage plays <laughs> that's a great idea like you look into this shit now like I look there's a lot of shit about my high school days that I regret mm-hmm. like shit I was doing but you look at that now and like man like taking drama class back then like doing the whole like bigger faster stronger shit probably would have been a good idea yeah so like if you are I mean it's just a good idea to do drama yeah well I only did the get bigger part I didn't do the other parts you were on the gas no I'm just fat Right. Uh, so you decide to leave are you were fired or you decided to it was leave a, Broadway? I had decided to leave Broadway and then was told I'm being fired. How you're fired from an uncontracted job is <laughs> right. Where they either of us right. probably sure. ten to fifteen dollars in appearance. That's yeah. that's yeah. I hate that term. Downloadable too. content money. Yeah. So yeah. you end up um doing shit for anarchy. Uh, yeah, our Cop. first run. Yeah, uh, ring ring announcing. You pretty, for everything. You mm-hmm. ran, you ring announced. You commentated. You refereed. All those different jobs. Yeah, whatever. 
like that was the thing is like when I left Broadway, I didn't know what I was going to do, but I still liked being involved. Yeah. And I still liked hanging out with everybody, like the people that I was friendly with. Right. Mm -hmm. And this was an opportunity to still do that while I figured out, can I still wrestle somewhere? Can I try and figure out where to train? All that sort of stuff. And so that, that was good though. Yeah. It sucked for me because I was hoping to become good friends with uh, Moondog. <clears throat> and I was hoping through Broadway yeah. that I could use you to become friends with him. Well, but unfortunately, I, I've never spoke to him still to this day. I've so. gone on barbecues with Paul. I'll give you his yeah. number. Yeah. <laughs> I'd really like to sit down with him. That would be an interview. Um, so, yeah, you end up doing all these jobs for Anarchy. Um, Eventually, any, any notable matches from our first run that you remember having? That you weren't in, that you just really liked. Well, no, I was I was in the, the giant battle royal oh, as like God. a surprise entry. That fucking thing. I ran I ran in, oh, dumped battle royal. Dumped Jovi and then got dumped out myself, and then that Your was about pain, it. Uh, in those hideous yellow trunks or uh well, just, just the backstage made. shit during mm -hmm. that thing of, like, people going out. Someone goes out too soon. Aaron Roy. Uh, nah, it was that other dude. He was in Aaron Roy's stable, but it was um, the oh, bigger dude. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I can't think of his Fuck, name. Fuck, what was his name? Jay something? Yeah, it was Jay, but I don't remember. Uh, Fuck. Jay. That's gonna bother me. Alright. Well, there's two more people in, in fucking Aaron's stable. You'll figure it out. <clears throat> So, other than wrestling, what else were you doing at the time? Like, you said you had a new job. Like, what was keeping you going other than wrestling once you lost Broadway? <laughs> I mean, because you're at a dark spot right here. Oh, at that point? Uh, I, mean, not, is... no, I mean, at that point, I, I don't know. I didn't feel like I was on a <laughs> like I. <laughs> That's just the depression hitting you. Not all right. We said we were gonna take this serious, and I. Um. Yeah. No. I, I didn't feel like I was in like a, a dark place. Like if anything, I I felt kind of like well, you know, to hell with those people. Like I'm hanging out with hmm. people that I actually like and get along with, and that I'm I feel like I'm being useful and being treated fairly and all that kind of stuff. So, all right. Like I, I was enjoying it. So we'll be right back. Okay, sorry about that. We had to take a quick break. Nothing you guys will know, but um, something came up. So we're back. Sean was in the Anarchy Battle Royal, got to eliminate Greg, but that also... Battle Royal was funny. No, yeah, it was. It was a great Battle Royal. We should talk about it one day, but not right now. Not only was that... <laughs> I'm going to Battle Royal. You covered on another podcast, dude. <laughs> Fuck. Not only, Sean, were you in Anarchy doing a multitude of jobs, you also did help Greg. Yeah, uh, same sort of deal with uh, with Greg. I got to referee, mm -hmm. uh, ring announce when their regular guy wasn't available. Um, mm -hmm. And then a couple of times I actually got to wrestle in PWCS, and that was that was good. And this all led to a big angle where at the Mega Ticket, you refereed the match that I think Danny ended up winning yeah. because you for, forgot, quote-unquote forgot. They can't see me doing it on fucking their podcast choice. Uh, forgot about Danny. Danny comes in and gets the schoolboy, or does he hit the bareback? I don't know. I, I I I just know he beat Vega. Yeah. Somehow, yeah. because it like it's inferred that because of you, he beats Vega because like you forgot, and so you feel like shit. Yeah. Like Danny. Like, ah. Danny was somehow out of the match, and so mm -hmm. people were like, "Oh, Dan you know they they forgot Danny was still in it." So Vega wins, beats the 
quote-unquote last guy remaining on the team. I raise Vega's hand. Danny comes running back out, starts attacking Vega. Little whatever, and then Danny wins. And so, yeah, it does look like I screwed up because I forgot there was somebody else still on that team uh, available. Mm -hmm. Which goes into the next season where, and even though Greg's not here, I'm going to speak for him because I feel like I can speak for Greg 100%. Uh, yeah. It goes into the next season where you actually join Greg's team, if I'm yeah. not mistaken, yeah. but then get beaten for your spot by Rose. Yep. And it's the Road to Redemption storyline. Right. Uh, and Jovi even, I think, briefly talked about it on his own podcast. I, I don't even remember. What, I don't remember what the name of it is. Sorry, Greg. Um, but the story was supposed to be I was going to just struggle throughout the rest of the year, eventually get on the submission squad team, and then look like I'm not even going to make the final show but then at mega ticket i somehow am on the final show and i end up getting the last elimination and the submission squad ends up winning that year uh that did not happen mm -hmm. and uh we're gonna dive into that because i think it's important that the people know yeah um and i think it's fair that they hear your side of what happened because you never actually went out to uh tell your side no Okay, so I guess there's a dive into what happened. <clears throat> so first off, we're not going to mention this person's name, um, just because we don't want to make this at all seem like we are um, coming after them in any way. Um, for people who listen to the podcast or are fans at all, they, they know what we're talking about. We're not going to mention the person's name, though, during any of this. Um, so uh, you were accused by someone of sexual assault. Yes. Um, so when that first happened, um, you were pulled off a multitude of shows, correct? Yeah, it was. It took a, a little while. I there was a huh, there was a several month stretch over the summer of 2017 where I was talking to various people, like saying, "Hey, what you know? Here's what's going on." Like I didn't want to keep anybody in the dark on it. Uh, so I would, I talked to friends in St. Louis. I talked to, I told friends back home, um, I had to tell my family, uh, told people that I worked with and yeah, that was a very stressful, uh, time until it like blew up. Like it didn't blow up until November of 2017, December of 2017. That's when it sort of just went public like went right. i don't know viral or mm -hmm. whatever right so when you say that uh like this was going on for a while and then it blew up what would you say caused this to like blow up um i was working for glory pro at the time right and, and real quick, we I want to make sure we establish it's not the Glory Pro right now that's run by uh, KLD or Danny Adams. This is back when it was under its original ownership, whose name we also will not say. Correct. During this podcast. Yep. Uh, so it was, I was working for them at the time, and I don't remember if it was like at the very end of November or the very beginning of December, but they put out a tweet to their, like, 
multitude of followers that Sean Orleans will no longer be working for Glory Pro. And so that started a bunch of people asking, well, why is Sean Orleans not working here? What happened? And then... Did they message you at all that they were going to put that out? Or did that just go out and you were just like, holy uh, shit, what? I had had a back and forth text-wise with the person that was running it. Um, saying, hey, you know, you got to let me know what's going on. And, and I had told this person. I had told this person a long time ago and informed them of what was going on. And I was told not to worry about it. Um, but as sort of like, I guess there was pressure being put on them somehow. So, uh, I guess I, I, yeah, I don't know. There was pressure being put on them one way or another. And so I got, uh, tossed under the bus. So after that happens, that that's when you feel it really explodes, right? Right. Um, because if, correct me if I'm wrong, you were also in the middle of a story at Glory as well. Right, I was in a story with Glory Pro, and we had like a thing in October, like a match that I had, and that was supposed to lead into a storyline for 2018, and so, you know, excuse me, all that got uh, tossed out the window. And so after these, after I got quote-unquote publicly uh, fired, there was like a, a, a rush of people that on the internet, you know, like something comes out on the internet, everybody sort of just like dog piles on. Right. People that you don't know who are just saying one thing or another. And then there's people that you do know that'll say something that sort of like stings or people that you've worked with. Like one like tiny ass promotion in the central Illinois that I had worked for a couple of times, mostly as a referee, decided to like jump in like couple days later and was like oh yeah and just for the record Sean Orleans will never work for us either and I was just like cloud chasing right like I was just like guys I haven't worked yet. I was just at that point I, I don't know I was just uh, struggling with things like I'm sure you can hear it in my voice now how I'm speaking a lot faster than yeah. normal uh, I was like this for more than a year or couple of years maybe where I would just discussing it or thinking about it or talking about it just get worked up yeah yeah um the other difficult thing is finding out guys that you had worked with or shaken hands with at shows in the lead up to like December 2017 would sort of just say hey like I would I had gone and talked to them and said, hey, here's what's going on. They would either shake my hand, look me in the eye, and say, hey, don't worry about it, it's okay. And then you sort of find out that there's messages other places in which there it's it's a very two-faced thing. Uh, that was that was a, a, a hard lesson for me to learn that, <laughs> that uh, professional wrestling can be a very two-faced operation. I know that sounds very naive to say, but... Uh, I was a naive person. Um, yeah, I had, so like a couple, like right after the thing starts to like blow up early in December, uh, this, another random person that I don't know, this, uh, fella named Justin, he saw some red flags and some things and like reached out to the person that used to run Glory Pro and 
had like a text exchange and then put those text messages public because it was kind of like, hey, wait a minute, this guy is admitting something was up. And it started the ball rolling of other people who I don't know looking into things. And that was like this own thing off to the side while I was dealing with my own like emotional state and but not being a, able to wrestle. It's a very long process. But yeah. Like yeah. This ball slowly rolls downhill. Right. I want to not backtrack, but I, before we keep going, I think it's important that people, that you at least explain your side of, a lot of people are going to ask, well, during this whole entire process, you never, one, denied that that this was false. Right. And number two, you never, like, publicly defended yourself. So right. I think that that's something that people are going to want an explanation to. Number one, do you, do you deny this yeah. ever happened? No, it didn't. And then number two, why did you never come out publicly and and defend yourself? You know, to me, that would have been the hardest thing, like, because you read this shit, I'm sure, every single day on social media. Yeah. People fucking burying you and, and, and calling you every fucking name in the book. Yeah. And you never publicly defended yourself. Why? Yeah, let me jump on that last part uh, first where I had to, like, see comments. So I ended up uh, meeting a lady in June of 2017, uh became a couple in July, and I told her, like, within a month, I let her know what was going on, and she, you know, to her credit, was, uh, like, stuck with me. So, I put something out about her on Instagram when we were on a uh, trip, and, like, the first comment at the top of it was, uh, you know, oh, have you raped her, too? And at that point, I decided to just lock everything of mine down, like, social media-wise, so I, like, I was already checking my phone enough as it was. I didn't need to be checking it to the, all the time to, like, worry about who would be posting random nonsense or whatever. So, uh, going back to your beginning point, why I didn't say anything. So, for starters, I didn't say anything because I had talked to a number of people, uh, friends in wrestling and friends outside of wrestling who at first were like, you know, when I told my side of things, people were like, dude, don't, you don't have anything to worry about. Don't worry about it. It's, it's okay. Then when it started to become, gain a little bit of traction, more people in wrestling were telling me you should put something out. Uh, friends of mine, you know, outside of the, the, the wrestling bubble were saying you're, just going to make things worse for yourself. You're just going to draw more attention to it, uh, even by denying anything. Uh, at the same time, I was talking to lawyers, any lawyer that I could get like a free consultation with. I'm not exactly a uh, rich person. So I would try and like get free legal advice. And a lot of them were just telling me the realities of slander, defamation cases, and things like that. And sort of just painted a picture like, you have to prove something that didn't happen didn't happen. And so I just kind of like throw my arms up and say, well, what the hell do I do there? Uh, I went to police at one point. I think late, I think early in the summer, tried going to police to like say, hey, 
somebody is saying this about me, what should I do? And sort You're of saying hey, you did that before this ever became public. You right, right. You know, like in May of 2017, like I walked into a police station and was like, hey, I have somebody accusing me of this. And I have literally an entire police station of people turn and look at me at the front desk like, what the hell is what? What now? Uh, so that was very awkward. And I kind of got the run around and shooed away. And they were just kind of like, no, you should just go get a uh, restraining order or something. And so I tried filing for that. And then when I finally decided I was going to try and file for that, that's when I started telling more people. Like when I started to tell my family, when I started to tell friends back home when I started to tell people I worked with, because I figured I would rather tell people myself what's going on than, yeah. th than potentially hear it somewhere else. <clears throat> um, why, uh, you know, why, I, I, I don't know. I just felt like, why would anybody believe me? Right. You know, like you look at the, uh, like, right around this time is when a lot of that Me Too stuff was happening, and, like, people who were doing bad shit were getting called out, rightfully so, and were getting caught. And, like, this just, it felt like, what, I'm gonna try and, like, throw a, put a stick in the in the wheel on that? Like, that's, mm -hmm. that just seemed odd, and, and like... The, the 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 numbers and I've said this to people before and I know I'm rambling but like the numbers of it are overwhelmingly in favor of like when somebody makes an accusation they're telling the truth right like it's like two to eight two to between two and eight percent of those claims are false so even if you want to round up on the high end that's still ten percent so that's nine out of ten times somebody's telling the truth or being accurate. Mm -hmm. And if I, and I've told people this, I said, if I gave you X number of dollars and said, here, go bet on something that either has a 92% chance of happening or an 8% chance of not happening, you would take, you would take the, the, the odds. I, I don't. Right. Yeah. So I think two things here and I'm going to, can't believe I'm going to do this, but I'm going to put you over on here. Um, the first thing is, I think it's important people understand that, like, I can only speak for myself, but I advocate to the victims. I believe the victim first. And I think it's important to understand that we're not trying to change anyone's mind on that. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I, one thing I'll say that put you over is the fact that Someone who's went through something like this, being falsely accused, you still feel that way. Like, you, you know, like, if someone makes a claim, you believe them first, even though you have been falsely accused of something. You, A lot of people who've went through that, if someone come out with something, you know, their first fucking instinct might be, I don't know if that's true or not, because of what you went through. But you don't do that, and I think that's commendable. And... You don't seem to really hold anything against the people who at first thought maybe you did do this because of all of what you just said about the statistics. So I think that's pretty commendable. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, well, before you start stuttering, looking back sorry. in hindsight, no, it's fine. Would you, With hindsight, would you have changed anything 
that led to today? No. Okay. No. Um, because I saw what happened when other people tried to put out statements. Right. And they ended and up putting quick, out... We can give an example of that. I won't name the promotion's name because they are kind of a reputable promotion and we're not looking to use this to start any shit or try to bury anybody. Podcast fight! <laughs> but, um... Gary, I know Gary lost bookings off of the fact that he, Gary, like he just that he would tweet that he was hanging out with you had nothing to do with wrestling. He lost bookings because of that. We're not trying to make anyone feel sorry for them. I just this is the reality of the situation. Um, Gary and Kenway were set to debut at a promotion. Yeah, and Kenway was seen in a picture with you that wasn't even a recent picture. It was a picture from like. Oh, months ago. Because we had also known Kenway from training abroad. Right? <laughs> and he was pulled off that promotion show for it and was never booked be- mm. just because of that. So there were ramifications here like that other people felt nothing like what you were going through, but it's just kind of a scope of like how this was back then. Right. And like that's the f- the other weird thing about this too is um, God, it's it's like there's a multitude of things like that I just want to say at the same time, and I can't get my way around it. Um, the whole process, and it, uh, like, going into 2018, my now ex-girlfriend, I, to, again, to her infinite credit, uh, recommended that I go back to therapy. And I did. And it really helped me. Like, I I can't... uh, I can't put it into uh, a great deal of words beyond just saying that, like, her getting me to go back to therapy, I truly believe saved my life. Um, I don't... When you say that, did you did you have I, suicidal thoughts during this process? Like see, and, and the that's the and that's the other thing about it too is because you second guess that, and you think, well, you know, I I I know people that have been that way, and I've known people that have committed that have done that, and you think, am I? Are my feelings legitimate on that, you know? And it took me a long time in therapy. to, Like, I would be sitting there one time and I would just tell my therapist, like, hey, I wish I could just, like, like tune out. Like, like, go to sleep. Like, just conk out for... And... I never finished my thought. She was just, uh, she like, you know, credit to the therapist. Like that's, that's what they're there for. But they, she got me to come out and just sort of to say, I wish I was just not awake. Right. You know, just didn't have to experience things anymore. I was really putting out a lot of like that vibe. Right. And she was concerned and we had a, like very frank discussion and it was 
nothing it never got to a point where i felt where i truly thought that i was definitely a danger to myself like she gave me a lot of uh suggestions and ultimately was like if you ever do feel that you either have to call you either have to call me or you have to call 911 blah 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 like right. I, I was given the warning right so i said okay and there were you know there were times where for I don't know, even five or ten seconds where I really was thinking about stuff. And the things that pulled me out of it, and this will, and this is the selfish part. This is where uh, sometimes, this is sometimes where being selfish and spiteful can actually help you, is I thought, you know, if I wasn't around, suddenly that validates right. claims. Mm-hmm. That suddenly becomes, oh, Sean was, why, why, why did Sean do that? What was he hiding? Right. Like, suddenly the narrative changes, and I'm not around to defend myself, and why give anybody that chance to claim a victory over a lie? Right. Uh, yeah. And I, I, I got to get this other part out is, so the thing that helped me with processing it was I likened it to uh, being caught in a riptide. You're just out swimming and all of a sudden you just start getting pulled out beyond and you can't, you can't control it. You are being pulled out to sea and there is nothing you can do. And the instinct is to fight it, to try and swim back to shore as hard as you can and you can't do that. If you do that, you will drown and die. So you have to let it carry you out as far as it's going to until it's no longer pulling you out. And then you have you can't still go back the way you came. You have to go one way or the other, left or right, swim diag swim parallel to the shore, and then eventually work your way back into shore. You're not going to wind up in the same place you were before. Right. And that's kind of how I like in this whole thing. But I wouldn't change how uh, how how I handled anything. Okay. Well, that's a good point to take a break. Uh, when we come back, we'll talk 2018, 2019, and up to today. Mm-hmm. All right, we're back. That's saved, thankfully. And uh, we're going into it. So the meat of this happens in 2017, 18, yeah? Mm-hmm. All right. So I'm doing NWL during this. So we never had, like, anarchy. We never did anything because there was no anarchy. Um, we we did have to stop using you for during NWL. And it kind of goes to show how, you know, how long this was. By the time we start getting to the end of this, there is no more NWL. So mm-hmm. uh, we didn't do it publicly. Uh, we had a conversation privately, and that was it. Like, I didn't feel it was something that needed to be done publicly. Um, my part on that, my opinion, there are people that do that are clout chasing. Or to me, if someone does something bad, or if someone's accused of it, and you have to take a break to see what the facts are in any situation, you can have that conversation privately. You don't have to run to Twitter and go, "Hey, just so you know, we're not doing this or that too." So like our status and put us over. 
I don't feel that's necessary. Give but, us that clout, brother. But not to go on a diatribe. So, you know, the, the talk about, like, other people, we're not going to mention names. There were a lot of people during this time who did support you, but unfortunately because of the times they weren't really able to publicly ever say so and part of that is why this took a long time to play out is the people who knew information didn't feel they could say anything because they seen what was happening to you that you had lost all your bookings you weren't there's a period of time you weren't even coming to shows because you didn't feel it was right or you weren't didn't feel comfortable right yeah so those people never spoke up. It, well, they eventually mm-hmm. some do, but it takes a long time. Yeah. Um, and like during this time, like there was like a, a group of people that were digging into things and putting things out. And I had no, I didn't know who any of them were. I might've had contact with uh, them a handful of times. Uh, but uh, I'm happy for those people for looking into it and, and putting stuff out there Uh might not have always agreed with uh, with some of the things that they did going about it, but uh, but overall, like you know, somebody I don't know, somebody tries shining a light on something, you're you're kind of just grateful for the help and like yeah, there's a lot of people that were supportive behind the scenes and it, it, it something like this you learn who who your friends really are or, or who the people are that are really supportive of you or who really are with you in things. So it was a tough lesson to learn. And yeah, it cost me a great deal emotionally uh, to, to, to learn that lesson. And then what do you want to get into the, the, the tide Turning or, or yeah yeah if you're ready to go to that part we can yeah. um so over some time um is this person's name you want to mention or like who maybe we should take a quick break so we're not going to mention the person's name just I, I don't think this person would care but since we don't have their direct permission to do so we're not going to mention uh this person's name so something happens uh. So over the course of time, the person who makes this accusation is doing a lot of things on social media, which raises the ire of somebody whose name we won't mention, uh, starts digging into this a little bit more, starts asking questions about things. And then I know I had like an hour and a half long conversation with the person and uh, things start kind of coming to light a little bit here, which means like you're able like you start coming back to shows you kind of start coming back to shows before this right yeah and i would just sort of like hang in the back or sort of stand in the back and uh this person sort of had alluded to you know seeing me just hanging out in the back and you know she this person said that they had difficulty even seeing me there and so like that was kind of uh strange to hear and difficult but like i understood because, like, hey, you know, th- this person doesn't fully know right. everything that's going on. So it's like you have to sort of see things. You have to try and look at things from how they're seeing it and be empathetic and understanding up to toward that. Right. 
So, through research that this person does, it starts to become obvious to this person that, that, that these accusations... The right, these accusations were definitely false. So then things, things start coming out publicly, um, not to mention... There's like a lawsuit going off to the side that you're not involved in. But through that, I mean, it goes to show that the person who made these accusations isn't necessarily a truthful individual. Um, and so now then like things start becoming, I guess, a little bit easier. Like you are able, like you take some, you take an outside booking finally at a place in Springfield. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was weird to get sort of hit up out of the blue and be like, "Hey, do you want to just come out here for that?" I said, "Sure." I know you came with me to one of them. Yep. Um, I went to a couple more that I've done, and uh, it's been okay every time. Uh, it's it sort of just made me think that okay, that there is, like, like there is something, like a future coming you know right. like like there, there there is something small lights I right, guess, right 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 yeah the, the doors the, crack right like the light at the end of the tunnel sort of thing um and then oh man i don't know like september october of 2019 i would say the person that we were alluding to before that had sort of been looking into things they reached out to me and we had like a, a back and forth uh, text exchange and this person like apologized to me and then some other people had reached out to me some on social media and then a couple in person uh, apologized to me it was very weird like it's weird being apologized to like because i i'm not i I'm, I'm not used to hearing like an apology um but like the it like somebody that i I think I'd only seen once before in person came up to me at, at an anarchy show before came up and introduced herself and just said, Hey, I'm so-and-so online. And I'm like, Oh, okay. I recognize that, that handle. And she like apologized to me. And I didn't know, like, I didn't know how to handle it. I just, I kind of like listened. It was like, okay, thank you. And kind of like walked off and was kind of like in a, in a, in a daze for like the next hour or 90 minutes and just not knowing how to, how to process that. And then when more things uh, happened where more people were apologizing, like people who had previously like blocked me on social media uh, that had come out and said, you know, like, we're sorry that, that we might have said anything that contributed to, you know, Sean, whatever, da-da-da-da-da. And then, like, one group that actually wrote an article about it and never reached out to me <laughs> but not and and it's and and to be fair I don't know if I would have responded anyway but right. but never reached out and like they wrote this big thing that got some play they apologized and like I think the person who wrote it apologized so it's like okay like I like I'm not uh I, I'm not uh bitter or angry about most of those people i i i'm i i don't i don't have time to be bitter and angry at a lot of people i just don't i like there's way too much of my like 
way too much of my life. I I don't. I yeah. Like I can work like, on your like, jump shot well, a little bit. Well, right. <laughs> like like I Maybe like I have to first. <laughs> like I. It, there was a there was a long stretch where I couldn't go. Ten minutes, like thinking about it, and then it got to an hour, and then it eventually got to a day. But I'm still at a point where there's not a couple days goes by that I don't think about it in some way. And it's just like one of those things that's just going to be with me for the rest of my life. And, and you know, I try to, I try not to feel too sorry for myself because again, I was accused of something. I was never arrested. I was never, I never went to jail. Like there's people that are, there's people that sit in jail that are on false convictions or bad testimony and all that kind of stuff. And like, you know, like my empathy, I feel like should be there or, or, you know, victims of sexual assault. And I, I feel like those people need, need more sympathy than, than me. Hmm. Um, but like, I do appreciate anybody that did reach out to apologize. I, I do appreciate it. Uh, I, I just don't think some of it was needed. I, I will say that there are only two people that I feel owe me an apology. Like, legitimately owe me an apology. Only two. And I have come to peace or come to peace with the fact that that will never happen. There, it, it, I, it, it took months of therapy uh, and, me saying, and me saying not made peace because something like this, I don't think you get to a, uh, a point where you can say it's in the past tense. You just have to continually make peace with it. Uh, but yeah, only two people really need to apologize for me, and I don't think that'll ever happen. Um, and when I say apologize, I mean sincerely apologize uh, publicly. I, I One of those two people, I think, tried to apologize privately, and I don't... Uh, wouldn't... Uh, don't think it was legit, is what I'm going to say. Uh, hmm. Yeah. So now that the door's been opened, the light is starting to shine at the end. Sure. You get into Illinois. You get into a couple of other places as things start rolling and rolling. Mm -hmm. And how how is this affecting you? Are you starting to feel better about the situation? Like, you're starting to... Like, are you... You see the, you see the light. Are you starting to move towards it? Yeah. You know like, I, I think the last few months... I think the last few months in particular have uh have been better for me like emotionally. Um Yeah, just cuz that that hasn't like like wrestling uh went it's sort of I don't even I don't even want to say like went went all the way away like I It was just like a uh, like like you're in a room with a dimmer switch and the light almost got completely turned off. It wasn't completely turned off, mm -hmm. but then it started to come back on and uh, I don't know. I I feel better. Like I get to work and be more involved and you don't have to feel like you're being hidden at shows, right? Um, yeah, and like I don't. I guess like, like I, I I don't feel I don't feel sorry for myself. And any again, anytime I 
I catch myself feeling that way. It's like, hang on, there's there's a lot of people that that need sympathy or I should feel bad about beyond me. Like I I'm I'm not uh I don't I I don't want or deserve anybody's pity or anything like that. I'm sure there's a couple people that might cynically think, well, why is he doing this podcast? And I, I, I don't know. I, I maybe well, we I, maybe, asked you to do this podcast. Well, yeah, that's why. Well, right, but but I, I'm sure there's some people that there's there's no answering them. I again, this is one of those you just have to make peace with the fact that there will always be some people who think a certain thing, and I can't change their mind. And before I, I lost a lot of sleep about that prospect, and. Uh, tore myself up over it emotionally. Uh, yeah, lost uh, lost one girlfriend and couldn't really get out of the starting blocks with another girlfriend. And yeah, that's that's about where that is. So they kind of put a wrap on it. Like, so I guess like a big thing that happens at the very end of this is you're able to wrestle Gary. At PWCS's final show, right? It was the last one. Yeah, yeah. Their yeah. final show. So that was you, kind of the story that Sean got to finish building too. So that had to be neat to or good to at least like, you know, you get to do that. You right. Got to wrestle in Spalding Hall again against Gary. So yeah, you go through all that. That was and then get the fuck beat out of you by Gary. Yeah, so. I, and I'm gonna be honest. That was uh, that was very cathartic. Yeah. Like I, because I knew the storyline uh, that Greg wanted to do with me, and I know that that got tossed aside, and I knew like other people had plans for things, or you know, like I I, I never had any delusion of trying to be a full time wrestler. I never had any delusion that oh I'm gonna go work in in this place and and these like big name places or 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 make a a lot of money doing this. Uh, this was something that I did, well, something that I do because I love it and I want to keep doing it. Um, I know my limitations and my whole goal has always just to been like, if somebody thinks of Sean, like, and this isn't something like that, the public, uh, that it's, it's not about the public in this. It's just something about people in the back. It's like, oh, what about Sean? Eh, yeah. Sean knows what he's doing. He's, he's fine. He's like. You know, you get the, the, the term good hand, like that was about it. That's, it was never about having a career in wrestling. It was about doing something that I loved and enjoyed being a part of. Um, but yeah, getting, getting the shit kicked out of me for lack of a better term by Gary was, it, it was, it, it felt like a culmination of things. Like I, after the match, I sort of, I spent the next couple of days uh, in a haze. One, because, again, I got the shit kicked out of me. But two, it was... That's a concussion, my guy. <laughs> <laughs> it was uh, it was like, yeah, this was what I wanted. And I got to do it. And now I can kind of just sort of see where things go from here. Like, if I get booked... Like, my whole thing is if I get booked somewhere, it's not because somebody feels bad for me. Like, I I, I don't want that. I, I don't, I do not want that. I, if, 
if somebody has a use for me and if somebody has, hey, we can, Sean, we can, we, we got a spot, we got a story, we got an idea, okay, I don't, I don't want or need somebody throwing me something because they feel bad. Um, like, I've, I'm sure if I, I'm sure if I whined and cried enough to Jackson, maybe I could get five minutes at Anarchy, but that's not... Three minutes. But, so, <laughs> I would never let that I happen. could get... I Right. So, but, but I don't... But that's not... Like, that's, that's the point, is I don't... Uh, I don't want that. Like, if... So you're saying you don't want to work for Anarchy publicly on our see, podcast. There we go. Unbelievable. Um, Speaking of pity if, uh, if, uh, if I If I... If I wrestle for Anarchy, it's because they have an idea for it and and there's something that I can do. It's not because, oh, we feel like we we, we owe it to Sean to put it. No, nobody nobody owes me anything. Wrestling doesn't owe me jack shit. It it never has. So yeah, I'm 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 happy doing what I'm doing. I like contributing. I like being part of things. Uh do I want to keep wrestling? Absolutely. And I'll keep trying to figure out ways to do that. So yeah, that's where I'm at. All right, let's get into basketball now. Thank God, because you are terrible. <laughs> yeah, we, like, we can't lie to the I don't people. think you know, we're going to bring a special guest on to talk uh-huh. about. Uh, oh wait, we got a guest about uh, Sean's basketball. Nice, so Connor. If you want to come sit? Oh in. no, it's, <laughs> you brought him in, <laughs> and it's these two dogs. I think it's only fair because uh, Connor has to team with Sean most of the time, so it's only fair to uh, bring him on for this. Holy yeah. fuck, he is awful. You have to put the worst with the best so that it balances out. Yeah, yeah. And I like Sean as a person, but God, I hate him as a basketball player. <laughs> He's just fucking bad. And I send him, I send him uh, links to like how to play defense because his defense isn't there. Yeah. Uh, he sucks at fucking passing. He sucks at shooting. He um, did throw me a good pass yesterday. See, yesterday I heard that Sean tried to shoulder check Connor and just no, like that was my fault. Just I would, I would have got a flagrant too. Up. I would have been tossed out of the game. Sean, Sean fucked my hip up. Sean came into <laughs> you with a tire Sean iron. Like your name was up. Nancy Kerrigan. I was yeah, going. I up. felt so bad. Going up for a basket. Although and I didn't hit it very dunk. hard. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You ain't, no, you <laughs> did. You did. Sean over-exaggerates on fucking everything. You fucking barely touch him. He's oh. fucking fouling. He's yeah. fucking I barely flopping. hit him. He oh, yeah, hard. now, it's, now it's barely hit. Next week, it'll be, he blew on me. He flapped his arms in my general direction, and the gust sent me flying forward. Let's talk about your rebound ability for a second, Sean. Or oh, no, that's yeah. just going to piss me off. The thing about that is, he goes up with just fucking one hand, and Sean's not out-rebounding anybody. No one. And it's fucking, it's awful to watch, and it pisses me off to no end. And then when I get frustrated, I start shooting shit shots, and that's all because of Sean. Sean, do you care to defend yourself? <laughs> I think you just snuggling up to a dog to feel better. Yeah, basically. Um, no, I am a terrible basketball player. I am not good. I this is this is not this shouldn't be breaking news. Um, anybody that follows Connor or Jackson on Twitter would know that I am not a good basketball player. Or that listens to our Patreon. There is a ah, patreon.com slash anarchystl. We need you to sign up now more than ever. We are about out of business thanks to this corona flu canceling our show. But, yeah. Yeah, fuck Sean as a basketball player. Yeah. But good Sean. I try and good get better. Good for Sean I as don't. a human being. Yeah. 
As a human being, he's fine. I like him as an acquaintance. He's cool. It's kind of like the as old, an acquaintance. It's like the old wrestling. Uh, I'd barbecue with him, <laughs> but I wouldn't want to put his, my life in his hands in the wrestling ring. That's what we equate Sean's basketball. Yeah, uh, I'd barbecue. But with you Sean. know what? Like looking back on, we played yesterday. Uh, looking back on it, he only did the fucking uh, rebound tip that you were ki- killing him about one time yesterday. That's true. That's because I hustled <laughs> way more than fucking he did. So oh, I think he got. I, I did. I was hustling a lot more than usual. You guys actually were like telling, like giving me more specific things to do instead. Uh, of, go get the ball, Sean. Just... <laughs> oh, that's what I'm supposed to do. <laughs> Instead of just saying, oh, you got to move quick. You got to do this. You got to do that. No, no, no. Specifically, what is it that I'm doing? <laughs> All Get right, the ball, gotta... Sean. <clears throat> Specifically. Put Sean. the ball in the hoop, Sean. <clears throat> he is the most no. unathletic person I've, I've ever seen. He can't jump. Um, <laughs> and you like your pass, passes have to be crisp because he's not moving. If they're not like spot on, then you're just, you're fucked. Like when Deacon threw him that one, yeah. uh, and it fucking like grazed. Like all you had to do was just move an inch, and he would have got it. Yeah. And he didn't. And he just he he always yells shit. Time <laughs> 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 fucks up. <laughs> like just fucking move, just move. Fuck it, pisses me off. <laughs> I get so heated, but I love. He's legitimately with him. fired up right now. I, I, <laughs> legit- I really do like playing. The reason I like playing with him is because. It helps me better myself as a basketball player because it's like I'm playing two on one. That's Sean's right. just a he's just a pile of shit out there. <laughs> but I would be, you're being too generous two on one. I'd say it's almost three on one because Sean's so bad. It's like he's against you. Yeah, he, it basically is. But we got back on the winning track yesterday. We won a few games. Yeah. No thanks to Sean, but that's okay. I uh, I was on one. Sean, of course, was off. And I was uh, could have been thrown out of the game for yeah, flagrant for that. foul. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I was trying. To, I was going to tell the story here. I All right, tell the story. I just didn't Bill Lambeer Connor out of the air. Okay, well, uh, I don't get that reference, so, so everybody else will. Uh, so um, Connor takes Deacon off to dribble, so he's going from the baseline to the basket for a layup. Okay. I'm wanting to close out on Connor and contest said shot. Well, Sean has his back to me. Yeah, which I don't know why, but he has his back to me, just watching Connor. Because I'm trying so, to, I'm trying to keep it open for Connor. I'm trying so to keep the lane to, open. So to try to contest a shot, I need to move Sean. Right. So I barely, I nudge him in the back. Right. Nudge. And he goes Vader. Flying. But what I'm thinking, <laughs> right? I'm, I'm trying to foul at this point to stop the drive. Okay. So I'm thinking, I just nudge. Sean, he'll go right in front of Connor. They'll call a foul. We'll recheck the ball. Problem is, Connor goes up sooner than normal. Because he's a star. And so right as I touch Sean, I realize... One finger. Oh, fuck. All right, fine. I hit him pretty hard. (laughs) (laughs) And I go, right as contact's made, Connor's going up. And in my head, I go, oh, fuck. And then they collide into each other. Connor, luckily, is able to catch himself... Sean, of course, is all bent over, <laughs> almost on the ground. Out of breath for some reason. And it hurt Connor's hip. And I was like, well, I would, I would have been thrown out of the game if yeah. we were playing an actual game. I would have, That would have been a for sure flagrant, too. I would have been in the shower. You would have, but I would have done the same thing. 
you, you don't. Which is what we talk about with our basketball games. Like we don't go there and just like goof around. Like we put in serious work. Now, that serious was too work. far. I shouldn't have did that. But I we, agree with what you did. <laughs> I agree. It was I a good strategy. Sean is useless. You, you got to use him like you got to use him like a hammer. All right. <laughs> You he is a tool to be used. Yeah, you don't. Yes, give I am. Easy, I am a tool. You don't give easy baskets, and I agree. Sean, I think I, I counted when the day I went. Sean got one out of twelve baskets. <laughs> I don't I'm know. Saying I did any better. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I can at least get rebounds. Yeah, yeah. That's what makes you better than Sean. I don't know what Sean can do besides. You. I would say Sean has a better shot though than Jake. No, I. <laughs> Ooh, I don't know. I think oh, I think I've got a better Jake, shot than if Sean. Jake shot, if he lines up, then I I'm think... not saying that Jake would then become better with like two weeks of like like if he came out with us, let's say three weeks in a row and played for two hours, he might pass Sean by in that time that quick. Well, yeah, but not right now. I I think Sean has a better shot. All right. but... We'll have to put horse up on Patreon. We can do that. Oh, that's yeah. a good that's fucking a, idea. Yeah, that yeah, yeah. Now that we got this, well, this little contraption, we can record things. Yeah, I like that. Hell yeah. My money's on Jake. Sean's just, he's not consistent. How many how many shots did you make yesterday? I think like four. Shit. Minus <laughs> one. Minus three. <laughs> no, like seriously, I think I made, <laughs> like, I, think I made four. like four. Shit. Cause I didn't because I didn't shoot that much. Yeah. I told you, I said I I said I am not going to shoot the ball unless I am wide the hell open. And even then I pause to look around and see, is somebody open that I can pass to? And that's another thing. Let me get on you about this. With your fucking <laughs> shit shot fakes and your fucking... So, like, he'll... Yeah, he'll fucking lump... He'll fucking just look around with the ball in his hand as Jackson closes, closes in on him. And you just... Like, you can see his eyes get fucking huge because he gets nervous. Like a nervous. deer in headlights? Yeah, and then he gets nervous. And he fucking turns the ball over. I ripped him yesterday. Oh. Twice. Uh. Oh, I wanted a. I'm not a violent man. <laughs> I'm a Pisces. I'm sensitive. But fuck. And if I wasn't a up. pussy, and I I would do jail time, I would have fought Sean. <laughs> Jesus. But man, would have did the old. Uh, uh, we watched the Bad Boys documentary. They talked about Lamb oh, Beer. Martin Lawrence yeah, and uh, yeah, Will Smith. Yeah. <laughs> Lamb Beer set a pick on Isaiah Thomas once in practice, and Isaiah got up and punched him in the face. It would have been a similar situation at the Fenton Rec Center, <laughs> which we were at yesterday. Yeah, because Sean doesn't know the fucking rules either, and that pisses me off. Man. I love getting and ones on him, and then he don't fucking know it was a foul, and he gets mad because he thinks it wasn't a foul. <laughs> It's too bad Sean's not here to defend himself. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, as he already established, Sean doesn't defend himself. What's the point? <laughs> Jesus. All right. We'll All right, right. We're getting back. piled on here. <laughs> no, no, no. Not us. You. You are getting piled on here. And you deserve it. All right. We'll be right back. Oh, uh, will we? I guess. Fuck you, Sean. Hey, uh, welcome back to the second outro we had to do, <laughs> yeah. because in between uh, the last outro, which is now deleted, and this new outro, which we're recording, uh, some shit has happened. Uh, again, it is the day that we've had to cancel the March Anarchy show, so what happened, uh, Battle Cat? Uh, purr, Battle Cat, purr. <laughs> I'm not much in the mood. We more hiss on it. All right. Uh, Ram. Yeah, I, I... 
So yeah, we recorded our outro earlier. So again, we still we want to thank Sean for sitting down with us. That wasn't an easy interview for him to do. Mm-hmm. Um, we like to keep things lighthearted on here, but shit, lately, I mean, we still did. We, we as you at the answered, end, yeah. we fucked with him about basketball. We had some fun, but not a lot of stuff to, not a lot of fun going on. Um, so yeah, uh, the CDC announced uh, no gatherings they are recommending no gatherings of over 50 people for the next eight weeks Uh, we can only assume that the states will follow through with that if they do that um, then our May 1st event will also be canceled Um, but we're not canceling it right now not, not ready to say that for sure right now but if we have no choice, we have no choice. I mean, mm-hmm. with crew, is we almost have 50 people. I mean, I don't know, man. It, it's, I don't like it's a scary to, time. I don't like to sound gloom and doom, but as always, we're honest with our fans and we're transparent almost more than any other place around. Um, I will say this. We'll be eating just in flights over like twelve hundred dollars in flights. But if May gets canceled, um, combining with this, well, that that's total with the flight we ate for March. Mm-hmm. You know, that money matters, and uh, when you're talking about no money coming in and you're losing money, it, it, that it, that that's that's a scary time. Luckily, we've been smart. With, with the finances since the relaunch so mm-hmm. it's not the end of the world yet well i bought a jet ski uh-oh even if may were to get canceled i mean we're not we're out pro- of business we'll, yeah, we'll probably be okay still but i mean it's definitely okay it's a stretch but it's yes. definitely a scary time so um if you want to support us outside of the ticket sale because right now you can't support us that way you can by going to patreon.com slash anarchy stl content tiers starting as low as five bucks Mm um you can support us there you can support us at iwtv you can use code stl anarchy for five free days uh there's an iwtv shop we got some t-shirts going on there we're, we're, when we're trying to come up with different ideas for things, uh, the ESPN style show we yeah, just did, we're, we're, we're working try on a couple to, things. We're going to try to get some content out there in between, even if we're not able to have shows. Um, you know, mm-hmm. if May gets canceled, then June 12th is the next show on the docket. And we'll just kind of go from there. But um, a lot of people struggling right now that this is their only form of income. You know, for those of us that promote shows and stuff for a living, it's a rough time for all of us. So, you know, mm-hmm. support us if you can. Um, we plan to be back in two weeks with another guest. If we're half in the quarantine and such, then we'll be back. It might back. be a bit trickier. We'll be back with just us. But we will, mm-hmm. we will be back in two weeks. We're going to keep you guys updated every step of the way, just like we did with March. Um Probably not going to be any good news, though, for a little bit, but we will even keep you updated on the bad. We appreciate your support, and we will see you soon. Thanks, guys.